Hello, I'm Emma Louise Coffey and you're welcome to the Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. On this week's episode of the Dairy Edge, Danny Birmingham gives insight into how he is achieving high level performance on a difficult land type and also reflects on his autumn grazing targets and how they differ to the standard guidelines. I suppose we'll say I'm farming, I suppose, with, since 1989, really. Uh, my father died young. He was 51 years of age. And um, I suppose, but I'm farming my own right since 19, 1996. The, the farm, my mother handed over the farm in 1996. But uh, prior to that, I suppose, in my, in my father's time, we'll say he would have bought, we'll say, maybe 40 acres, two or three acres, two or three years before he died. So there was a lot of debt to be paid at the time. And... Um, I suppose, I suppose being so young at the time, I will say in the it was really 96 that farmers handed it over. But I suppose, I suppose we really got into it in 2000 and uh, 2003 when we started um, all the infrastructure buildings. So there's been, I suppose, prior, there was 30, 30 hectares by father's time. Um, maybe making, basically, I can remember back in the day, we'll say, We'll say we're, we we went for a pipe a pipeline parlor to four unit uh, new four unit Delavel parlor in um, in the late seventies and um, we built um, an eight unit we drove for ten unit ourselves in two thousand and three and there this year now we have a sixteen unit we put in a sixteen unit parlor so I suppose that'll give you an insight to I suppose where we've come from and. Um, to where we are now. There's been a lot of uh, development in the farm, but I suppose the fact that the, that 40 acres was, was bought um, prior to my father dying, I suppose we wouldn't be where we are today, really, you know. And how did cow numbers reflect that growth, Danny? Well, sure, look, at, we were, as I said, we were only making a four unit uh, in, the, in the late 70s, so we, we'd have gone from maybe 20 cows. Um, now, there's an outlock. We'll say a part of the land that was bought, there was a kind of a field that was, um, there was a right, you know, it was kind of, the access to that ground was basically for silage or, or, or beef cattle. So we'll say in the, I suppose, 2000, in the late, the early 2000, I suppose 2000 and um, 2003 or four. I suppose we we um, got ex- we accessed that land because one of the fields we put a roadway through it, so there was it, it just increased uh, an extra fifteen or sixteen hectares to the block. We owned we actually we we, we owned that land, but there was one one field that was connecting it to, to closer to the the home farm, so that opened up and a lot of um, so basically we've been increasing. Cow- we, there wasn't a very big influx of cow numbers. It was a steady progress, really. And, and where are cow numbers at today, Danny? And can you give us some insight into the herd performance? Uh, today, we're at um, 111 cows. Um, last year, we um, produced 520 kilos of solids. There probably was more in them because uh, we dried off early because there was a parallel going on and we had, to, we had to dry off early. There was about 30 days, maybe 25 or 30 extra days of milk we lost there in December. Um, so I suppose, yeah, we, we have, you know, I suppose coming from where we were, sure, I mean, so like, I mean, 500 kilos of solids 10 or 15 years ago was, Jesus, it was, it was very, very, um, you'd think you'd never get there, you know? So I suppose 
over time now that 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 has been exceeded. So we're we're going for you know that's that's been exceeded. So we're 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 heading for new targets now at this stage. And and I guess if if you put a figure on it, uh, Danny, say take a twenty five days even being really conservative with high solids at the end of the year, a kilo a day across 25 days, you're up on 5, 540, 545 kilos of solids per cow. And and I suppose on that, Danny, you know, as part of, um, you know, looking at some of your information uh, 10 years ago at the start of the heavy soils programme, you would have been at 430 kilos of solids per cow. So at, at 520, last year that shows that on average you've increased solids by 10 kilos per year how have you achieved that well i suppose look there's a number there's a there's a numerous uh things um, emma louise i suppose number one i suppose the grass situation i mean utilization of grass and you know the the since we start measuring grass i suppose it really has um upped our performance in terms of of of, of milk production um you know getting more days in grass um, I suppose also the fact that we're compact calving. Now we don't calf very early. We don't we st- we don't start calving till around the 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 twelfth, twelfth of May. Or sorry, twelfth of February, purely because of the nature of our soil. Um, so we need a, we need a compact calving to produce the the days of milk. You know, so the days of milk are very important. Normally, we I, I think prior prior to last uh, number of years, we we used to be drying off cows in um, around the first of December. But now we just try off cows purely on a body condition score, um, whether that be 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 um, first calvers or whatever. We just try them off on body condition score regardless, and we 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 dry off around the twentieth of um, twentieth of December regardless. Um, so there is that it, there, there's an extra maybe twenty or twenty days of milk, twenty twenty five days of milk got there, but we have to have the compact calving in the springtime to to um, to create the days of milk. And also, I suppose, breeding, like we've always been breeding for, there's never been stock bulls used in the farm for as long as I'm farming. And um, so I suppose breeding has a big, big, big part to play in that as well, you know. Yeah. And and looking to the compact calving, as you mentioned, another metric that um, y- you can see from your performance over the, the, the past 10 years, you know, the six week calving rate has increased and that reflects the compactness of the calving season and you know you're mm-hmm. achieving the industry target of 90 percent um you know coming from a base of say 75 percent is there anything in particular you did from a cow management perspective to improve that six-week calving rate well i suppose we have uh, like we've always plenty of replacements you know so we always replacements are never sold on the on the, on the farm uh, so basically what, what we do is once there's always plenty of um, there's always excess cows at the, um, at the end of calving season. So we always sell our April calvers, um, you know, just to we'll say to reach to, if we reach our target cow numbers by the end of March, we'll sell our April calvers, basically, you know. And, and, and on that, Danny, then what sort of, um, I suppose, herd structure have you in terms of maturity bringing in those heifers or, you know, carrying the additional heifers, is that leading to a lower uh, herd age for you? I think our lactation average at the moment is 3.7. Uh, that's that, that was, um, that's at the moment. In 2015, it was 2.9. You know, so that'll give you, we're, we're kind of, um, look, we, we, we haven't increased cow numbers as such in the last number of years. Um, it's been kind of uh, static enough. 
Um, but I suppose there is scope for more, for more, um, for, for, for more cow numbers, but that's all relative to, to the grass growing, you know, grass growing throughout the year and whatever. But I suppose the four and a half is the optimum um, lactation average if we can get it. But obviously that is, that is the fact that it went from 2.9 to 3.7 in 2015, for example, they, they, we produced 437 kilos of big solids. In 2021, that was, uh, sorry, 2020, it was uh, 520. So I suppose 2.9 to 3.7, that has a, has a bearing on the, 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 that, that extra mix solids as well. Yeah, the herd maturity um, really, really impacts on that for sure. I suppose um, I wasn't planning on getting in, into it at this stage, um, but but you have mentioned it, Danny. You know, in relation to stocking rate, you mentioned 111 cows and, you know, you're at a stocking rate just shy of two and a half cows per hectare on the milking platform. Um, you know, maybe a comment from yourself. I know, you know, in some instances, milking platforms, people really, really push the boundaries up at three cows per hectare. Um, you know, for your farm, is 2.5 the optimum? Um, or do you see that increasing or decreasing into the future? I'd say, I'd say increase, um, Emma Louise, because I said, like, we carry all replacements um, and um, on the farm, you know, that all the on the making platform, you know, there was a X amount of ground, very small X that's, that's leased, all right, but that, that would carry replacements as well. But there is, um, you know, if, if we had to increase in cone numbers, there is the option of um, contract rearing. Um, but I think we could go to 120 cows, no problem at all, to be honest, and on current, on current um, situation at the moment. Um, but I suppose just... We'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Like there is, I suppose the, the land drainage and, and, and uh, receding has a big role to play in that as well, you know. And, and an interesting point to, uh, to follow on, um, you mentioned drainage and receding. And if, if we look at your Twitter bio, you know, you mentioned that, you know, you're aiming to recede and drain 10 acres per year, um, you know, to produce white gold from grass. So, you know, you really are looking at that grass-based system, Danny. Um, talk through drainage methods that you're using and, um, you know, we might talk then about receding as a follow-on. Yeah, I suppose, look at, I suppose uh, there's 46 hectares in the in the, in the milking platform, but I suppose realistically we haven't, there isn't one dry field in the farm, so a lot of, uh, more, uh, everybody, every bit of our ground has to be, has to be drained. So I suppose prior to the heavy size programme, the way you strain ground was, um, in the, on the mud, we just maybe just go down, maybe a foot, and just a foot into the into the in, just go down with with a, with a tile drain bucket and fill it with stone. There was no pipe or anything used. But um, to be honest, a lot of that, those drains, you know, where they, they've worked for a period, but they 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 they're all obsolete at this stage. Um, but after, since joining the heavy size program, I suppose we we um. We learned the right techniques of drainage, and it has really transformed the farm. To be honest, um, a lot of our farm now is is mud nature, uh, clay. Um, so after they doing the, the the soil test pits, there's no permeable layer underneath. So basically, what we're trying to do here is we're never going to dry the farm. What we're trying to do is we're trying to get the water, the rainwater, away as fast as we can. So in order to do that, we go down one meter in depth. With our with our um, with our drains, um, we put in our curry pipe. We use the the JFC curry pipe here with the smooth ball inside. Uh, they come in 20, 20 foot lengths, and um, 
we filled that with stone up to yeah we fill it with whatever bit of soil we have we just kind of leave it to the side just maybe two or three inches four inches five five inches maybe max in the, on the mud soil so we just keep that side and basically the drains are nearly filled to the top to be honest and when we come we come along then and we go with our we get we get our mole plow we have a naked mole with not, not no gravel mole and we go all the drains are, are, are put in at 15 meters apart so we go across them with the, the mole plow i suppose the reason why they're going they're 15 meters apart is because we'll say when we're going across them with the mole plow if obviously if we, if we meet stones or obstacles along the way and that mole lifts it can go either side of that um, 15 meters to the either either drain if you, if you get me and each each um each drains are then are going to an outflow like we call them head trenches here there's there could be i suppose six foot and seven foot in depth six six foot five foot they vary basically so all our drainage is dependent on our outflows really how de how deep we can go um but generally, we, we have no problem that way because um, we have plenty of depth in our in our in our outflow drains. And Danny, looking to uh, re, uh, drainage and I suppose putting drainage in place on the farm, I suppose could you comment on the percentage of the farm that you have uh, drained at this point? And also, I guess as a follow-on, you know, speaking with Pat Tuhi, who would have um, who would have given us some insight into the heavy soils program and. I guess heavy soils in general. Um, he would mention that you know in some instances there is no financial benefit to completing it, and it's too costly an exercise. Is that the case for some of the land you're farming? I wouldn't say so at all, to be honest. Um, for example, we'll say we we had a control plot the the time we started off the program. I think that was only grown prior to the program, which was only grown maybe six ton. It was very wet now, a very wet field. Um, but since I suppose that that's been averaging to maybe 11, 12 and a half ton since we joined the program. So, like if you if you put it if you take into example, we'll say now the, it's not cheap, it's not, it's not it's not cheap. It's costing around six thousand euros per hectare, so roughly around two and a half to three thousand an acre. But um, we'll say for the for the amount of grass grown, it, it's it's. Um, Especially now, we'll say in my own situation where I'm missing cows. So I mean, you know, it is because um, we need grass, good grass for the, the those cows to produce. So it's it's um, payback is 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 is, is um, maybe five or six years. I'd say you'll be you'll be getting payback. So it's well worth well worth um, well worth uh, the investment. To be honest, very, very, very you know, it's, I suppose it's the only way we can. Like I can remember the farm here, even the place we that was bought. It was a mess with rushes. There was very little rushes. There's very there's hardly no rush in the farm now at all. I suppose no, a number of it's just on a lawn drainage that 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 accounts for for that for that as well. Just soil fertility and soil fertility is a big player in the in the whole thing as well. And and looking then as as a final note on on I guess this line of conversation with the heavy soils program, I, I you mentioned that. You've improved the the type of drainage you're doing and, and and selecting the right techniques, but to you, what are the key benefits and learnings from for you engaging in that heavy soils program? Oh sure, look at I suppose number one, I suppose the the, the fact that the drainage, the right type of drainage to use on on on, each, on your farm. Now every farm is is soil, you know, it is all different. So I mean, it just so happens that drains. That drainage system works for my farm. It might work for for another person's farm, 
but I suppose you know that's just very important. Like even in our own farm, there's a number of different soil types, but like I mean, predominantly the clay type. That's 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 where we have to go with our drainage. Um, I suppose number two, the soil fertility side of things. Um, you know that that has really come to the fore in 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 the program as well. You know to get the I suppose one time, for example, like lime and ground here was on was. Was not not really talked about because of the I suppose the mist that that was lime and heavy ground was going to boil boil it it was basically it was going to make it worse but um which is not the fact at all no we 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 this year alone we put out 110 ton of lime on our ground and and because we're side sampling every year so um we're targeting all the lower the lower pH fields so we we'll say we're not going excessive lime it's two about two ton to the acre um. And it's uh, it's it's really turning the place around as well in terms of you know fertilizer utilization the whole the whole nitrates you know it's it's good for the environment it's it's, uh, it's a no brainer really so soil fertility has been a big a big big um, factor in the heavy science program and I suppose I suppose pushing us to where we are now you know we're like we don't we don't want to be growing 16, 17 ton of grass on average if we're growing about fourteen or fifteen ton of grass 14 ton i'd be very happy with you know because utilization is a big problem and when i say utilization a big problem i'm talking about the springtime and the the autumn and let's get into that in a little bit more detail danny you know for for people listening in um they will recognize the name or they'll know you as you know a former grass 10 champion um on disadvantaged or heavy land type um, you know, I know no two years are the same when we look at grazing and particularly in the last few years, there has been huge variation. But, you know, you mentioned the spring is a challenge. Can you talk us through, you know, a typical grazing season on your farm? Well, I suppose, look at, um, we try, well, I, I, we'll start at the back end. So, um, like we, 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 we start building grass, I suppose from now on, we'll start building, but we don't, I suppose our peak grass um, average farm cover will be about mid-September, which would be, we don't want to go between 900 and 1,000 of a farm cover. So basically what we do is, like we're housed, we're housed normally the 1st of November. Like to, to get to the 1st of November here grazing is a bonus. It could be the end of October. So we don't really go on autumn targets or anything like that. Basically what we do is we just graze the farm down to, to nothing. So we could have a very low average farm cover by the 1st of November. Could be down in 250, 300 of an average farm cover. But we don't mind because the fact that we don't get out late, we, we get out late in the springtime. So we open up, by the time uh, we, we start grazing in the springtime, our farm cover is, is up in 1,000 again, our average farm cover. Um, now, if we can graze in February, we'll graze in February. But we'll say... We'll say, look, we've got an experience. Of us. The, the the amount of times we, we we get to graze in February is few and far between, to be honest. So, realistic, like realistically, you're, we're looking at March. Even like Petty's days is 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 a uh, is a kind of a target for us. No, we we we'll get out grazing if we can. It's all weather dependent. If the ground if ground is allowing us to graze in February, we'll graze in February, and we're not worried about the grass the grass um, that we'll run out of grass because. Nine times out of ten, well, ten times out of ten, we'll be going back in anyways. So 
you know, we, we could we could be going back in, we could be grazing five or six, maybe seven or eight days in February, and they could be going back in for another month. And that that has been the case throughout the years. So we never run out of grass, we never run out of grass in the springtime. Actually, this spring now, for example, um the low growth rates in, in April um suited our farm because we still had a lot of grass in the farm and we still we still had to close off, like we don't graze. We never graze out the whole farm, the milking block, because uh, we, have to, we have to take out paddocks because um, we have too much grass. So, you know, uh, that low growth that low growth rate in April is actually suited us and it was dry as well, which meant that that we were able to graze a lot of a lot extra, a lot more ground basically. And because if we got big growth growth rates in April with the amount of grass we'd have in the farm, we we'd be grass would go out, out of control very fast. I think it really, really interesting insight, Danny. And I know um, for the likes of yourself, when you hear of somebody on a relatively dry, free draining farm, when they're saying, oh, conditions are tough if there's some heavy rainfall, I'm sure you're rolling your eyes thinking you, you've you've no idea. Um, you know, when you, when you talk about, you know, a realistic target is maybe getting out for a few days in February, but really getting out to grass is is something that's happening, happening around St. Patrick's Day when a lot of people are almost at the end of their first rotation. Also interesting that you mentioned that you house on the 1st of November. That's a, you know, that's a good autumn and, you know, dry, um, good weather conditions. Um, I suppose what, what you're talking about in terms of your targets that you're setting, you know, the peak um, cover in mid-September, you know, what you're targeting is 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 behind, I, I guess, what the, the gold standard grass 10 targets would be. But it, it mimics, I suppose, you know, what you what you need for the next um, month and a half on the farm closing very low in terms of a farm cover well behind target um you know you know i suppose they, they talk about things like 600 650 you know you, you're well below that but as you say you don't have that big glut of demand on the 1st of february because conditions don't necessarily allow i, I think your 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 story your grazing story is very similar to um someone we've spoken to before on the dairy edge Liam Hanrahan he's not not too far from you um in terms of farm location I guess from the perspective of people listening in who are in a similar situation to you with a heavier type farm you know or somewhere in the middle where some of the farm is heavy and some of it is free draining what are the key things that you're doing um, in order to get cows out for those few days that you talk about in February and also extending the grazing rotation into November? I suppose um, farm infrastructure is very important in, in, in terms of that, that situation, Emma Louise. I suppose, you know, we've a lot of spur roads and, and, and put in place. You know, when I say we've a lot, we've a lot more to put in as well. Um, you know, multiple access points in, in paddocks. You know, we, we've gone to the stage now where we're putting... We'll say we, we, we're we're putting access points in every if, like the nature of it's a long narrow strip. We have a long narrow farm, so by default we have a lot of roadways, anyways. But so what we're doing is we'll say our when we're when we're when we're it just so happens that we've done a lot of uh, fencing down the last could be purely because a lot of our stakes they were rotten, so we to go we we do the whole lot. But along the farm roadways, no, we're we're going. We we're putting stakes down eight meters apart, and we were putting gap handles in uh, in each between each stake. So basically, just gap handles along the whole farm farm roadway. So we can we have great control over our 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 um 
our paddocks, you know, in terms of back fencing and the whole lot with the with those, with that with, with the situation like that. Um and I, I find that it, it really does make a big difference. Um, you know, as a guy's mind and ground because look at it, it's costing a lot to drain it. Um it's just not a case when you drain it, you just let them in and, and forget about it. We just have to mind the ground as well after after doing it. Um, so, like, there's a lot of um, back fencing involved, and and you know, does like as I said, the nature of our ground does it's 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 of our farm. Sorry, it's a long narrow strip, so there's a lot of roadways involved. So we just have the roadways there, so we, we try to get out as much as we can um, in the springtime if if if, if conditions allow. Even if the, when they're borderline, but there comes to a stage as well that, that you have to, you just have to stop and say, "Look, it, it's not worth it," you know. And and, and a final question on, I guess, the, the whole system, uh, Danny, that people might be interested to hear. You know, you mentioned that engaging in the heavy soils program and, and being really effective with your drainage is giving you the opportunity to get out to grass more days at grass in the year. Um, but, you know, there, you know, th- there's no perfect year and, you know, it's not a situation where you're out from the 1st of February to the 1st of December by any means. But would you have an, an idea of what the average supplementation level would be in the year? So while the cows are in milk, what sort of concentrate and silage um, you'd be feeding as a buffer to graze grass? Uh, we normally feed around the ton of ration. Um, I'd be, I'm happy feeding the ton of ration, to be honest. Uh, you know, I don't, it's just, just, just the nature of our, of our game. You know, a ton of ration, I'm happy, especially with the, the... The only thing is, though, I'd say is the fact that if we're feeding a ton of ration, we have to be putting it out the other end, like we'll say. So I suppose the 520 kilos of mixed solids, you know, if we, if we were doing only 420 kilos of mixed solids and, and a ton of ration, I'd be very kind of... Um, dubious about that so you know at least our the way i look at it is the fact that we're inside our cows have to produce you know that we need we need um good feed we have surplus bales we have um we normally we get three we're on a three-cut system from an out farm well at least block out at least out block um that's where the silage comes from so that's cut in early may the street that's a three-cut so to basically we have to have good silage, basically. So, I mean, that has changed. That's another thing that has that has come from the heavy size program. Like the fact that we're inside cows are inside a lot. They need, I mean, going for bulk is is a no no. You need good quality silage for cows milking in the springtime and 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 when they're cows in the autumn is, you know, they 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 won't milk off of a uh, um, silage that's gone too strong or you know, we we aim for look at we we are getting about 71, 72% DMD silage. Um, whereas before it was up in 62, 63, you know. Um, so I suppose that all helps as well. So Yeah, and and, and, and that in, in culmination with the, the concentrate will keep the cows milking and in good condition it will, yeah. um, while housed. Yeah. Um, it was great to get insight from you today, Danny, on your farm system and get an alternative view on how how you manage grass in the autumn and spring, um, you know, taking cognizance of your conditions. I look forward to catching up um, late in the year, Danny, to hear have those cows uh, surpassed the 520 kilos of milk solids and, and, and are, are they closer to the 550? Thank you, Danny. Thank you, Evan Lewis. That's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast. And my thanks to Danny Birmingham for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. 
I'm Emma-Louise Coffey and join me next time for your Dairy Edge. <laughs>